I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 71 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvolution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. Or you can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. There are many, many ways to get in touch if you have any questions or comments or you want to throw any trades over and get some advice on, anything like that. Whatever you fancy, just get in touch, let us know. And today we are wrapping up the rookie wide receiver recap. We got Wyatt Bertoloni back one last time at WyattB underscore FF. Give him a follow if you don't already. He's a great dude. Hopefully you've enjoyed him this week as a guest. He's awesome. And yeah, we've got a couple more interesting dudes to talk about. So stick with us here. We're going to jump right in. The main event. Fight. This is just such a weird little run of wide receivers because it was like Tyquan Thornton, which we're really like, whoa, weird. Okay. George Pickens, which we're like, oh, great. Brilliant. Great value. Then one pick later, literally the next pick was Alec Pierce. Um, so he goes to the Indianapolis Colts. So seemingly really good landing spot on paper. Um, I think Alec Pierce himself has a little bit, there's like some divisiveness, like people aren't sure. Some people seem really high on him. Other people seem really low on him. So he seems like he's one of those Marmite prospects. You either love him or you hate him. Uh, but where are you at with him, Wyatt? What do you think of this landing spot? Uh, I'm not a big Pierce fan. You know, deep threat, contested catch guy. That's basically all it looks like his profile is. I think he tests better athletically than he looks on the field. Like, I don't think he looks like he has four four one speed on the field. But Second round draft capital, you have to pay attention to at least. So I, you know, kind of went back and I moved him up a little bit just because of that, even though I, I had him pretty low coming in. But right now, basically, end of the second round, if you want to take a shot on Pierce, I'm okay with it. But I'm really not doing it until the beginning of the third. And that's basically just because of draft capital. Uh, landing spot, make, I think, makes a lot of sense. I think it's this is something that the Colts needed. And maybe that's another reason to to bump him up a little bit more. They could use the the speed on the offense because Paris Campbell, despite having really good speed really plays underneath. And well, if he plays at all, because he's always injured, but really uh, after that, it's what Ashton Doolin is the next man up. You're like Ashton Doolin is a starting receiver for the Colts right now. And like, I think Ashton Doolin's looked good when he's been out there, but I, I think we can all agree that Ashton Doolin is a, a limited player. Um, so yeah, I mean the opportunities there, it's just a matter of if it's going to happen for him. And I, I have doubts about that. Yeah, I, I think that, that's absolutely fair. I mean, for me, Alec Pierce was one of those guys that I was intrigued by, but I certainly wasn't in love with. Um, he was actually one spot below Wandale Robinson in my pre-draft ranking. So kind of tells you roughly, you know, where he was for me, probably like wide receiver 15, 16, somewhere around there. So, and, and again, you know, when you're at that range, you're not going to be bumped up too high just by landing spot or draft capital. I think that's bad process. I think if you're really low on somebody, um, you know, to bump them up significantly up your rankings just based on draft capital landing spot. I mean, 
that's not great process. I think you need to question your process, um, maybe just your your actual like assessment of, play, of players if you're going to be changing that massively. Um, so for me, yeah, he might bump up a couple rankings just based on his you know second round draft capital. You, you have to take that seriously. And again, very shallow depth chart. I do think Matt Ryan is going to be an upgrade personally over Carson Wentz. Um, but at the same time, is he really going to be pushing the ball down the field? You know, like, is he really going to be taking deep shots all the time? And if he is, is it not going to be to Michael Pittman Jr.? I don't know. I just, so for me, it's like, does his skill set... I'm sure that it fits the the team and it helps them again, similar to Tyquan Thornton. It helps fill out the roster and it helps create different elements like T Y Hilton would have, you know, in the past and things like that, a field stretcher, somebody that you have to respect. You can't just sit and double team and focus only on Michael Pittman jr. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much Matthew, Matthew Ryan is going to be really, really majorly pushing the ball down the field to take advantage of Alec Pierce's, you know, field stretching skill set. Um, so yeah, it's one of those ones. Again, I agree. I, I would be sort of, yeah, I'm fine with it. If you want to take him in the late second based on draft capital, especially if you were a little bit higher on him, maybe pre-draft and you really liked him, you're big Cincinnati fan or something. That's fine. You know, like that could be, that could be a good thing, but, and to be fair, I mean, he had some really nice connection with, with Ritter and Ritter isn't like, you know, doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He's not like this crazy Josh Allen type arm. So, I mean, you know, it could be a really nice thing that we're just not seeing coming, but I'm not like overly hyped on. Again, this was such an interesting run of wide receivers with possibly the most interesting and fascinating guy who came here at the end of this little run at the end of the second round was Sky Moore. Um, so he was a guy that was getting a lot of buzz right before the draft. I really liked Sky Moore, actually. Um, I did have him like wide receiver nine, I believe, pre-draft. And... Um, so there was some buzz that he might even go in the first round because people were saying they actually were connecting the dots, Sky Moore and the Chiefs, and they were saying maybe he'll take they'll take them, you know, they'll take Sky Moore up one of their first round picks because they've lost Tyreek Hill. So they don't. They actually sit this is what's so funny to me is like I would much rather have Sky Moore than Alec Pierce, Tyquan Thornton, John Mechie, certainly Wandale Robinson. And they just sat, they sat sat tight, didn't do anything, and he just fell in their laps at pick 54. So, you know, obviously losing Tyree Kill, there's a big need there at wide receiver, um, a big hole to fill. They brought in Juju, they brought in MVS, now they've drafted Sky Moore. What are your thoughts on Sky Moore, and are you are you hyped, or how hyped are you on this landing spot for him? I really like Sky Moore. I think he's a really talented player. Early declares from non-power fives, they don't happen very often because those types of players uh, usually need the fourth year to really get good draft capital. So seeing Sky Moore come out early like that, I think speaks volumes about him as a player. Probably best suited as a slot receiver in the NFL, though I think he could play inside and out. But I think he fits right in as a slot in the NFL and uh, is really good with the ball in his hands. I think he plays bigger than his size. He's my favorite of the round two wide receivers. And... I would take him at the 109 and I've been waffling on whether I would actually go 108 too. But from what I understand is actually that's fairly conservative at this point because Sky Moore is going as like 106 in a lot of drafts. So I went from thinking I was really high on Sky Moore to realizing that like, oh, maybe I'm just consensus at best. Like because the hype has gone so go, gone so far with him landing in Kansas City, which is obviously great. But I I have a hard time putting him over any of the first round receivers. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's funny because especially with the wide receivers, well, I suppose even with the running backs for me, um, I guess it was really encouraging for me and my my sort of like draft process and my scouting process because honestly, like 
very few of the first 10 to 15 wide receivers moved majorly for me after the draft. Um, I had, I just checked there. I had um, Sky Moore wide receiver eight. So honestly, like the only guys that were ahead of him, Jahan Dotson was just ahead of him by like half a point. And even though Jahan Dotson got that first round draft capital, Sky Moore's juicy landing spot and the offense that he's gone to has bumped him ahead of Jahan Dotson for me. But again, like we just talked about, I wouldn't be massively changing up or down based on just the landing spot or draft capital um, because I think that's not very good process. So, I mean, for me, he was my eighth wide receiver. He's gone up to my seventh or maybe sixth, but he's certainly not going up to like number two. You know what I mean? Um, just based on landing spot because, yeah, it's a great landing spot. Of course it is. But we also said that with couple other prospects that i'm sure we can all remember um you know that didn't work out so well and i do think there's a lot more because again some of those guys that you know we talk about as cautionary tales i didn't really like them pre-draft and so therefore you know it was it would have been bad like or it was bad to bump them up the ranks based on just purely landing spot but i really liked him so when you really like a player and they get a good landing spot and good draft capital that's just a plus that's not like you know you're you're being bad about your process so for me yeah he was wide receiver eight he bumps ahead of Jahan Dotson and he probably bumps ahead of George Pickens, even though I love George Pickens and I love his landing spot. Um, it's, it's a toss up. You know what I mean? It's like when I get to that stage in the draft, I'm like, okay, do I want to take Pickens or do I want to take Sky Moore? And I think that especially if you're in any way of a contender, you probably are going to want to lean Sky Moore because it's, it's such an easy, you can see the pathway so clearly to relevance year one. You know, um, where he he there's going to be a need there for him. You know, whether he's the 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 one, you know, whether he, whether he's the wide receiver one or he's just like you know behind Kelsey and behind somebody else, but he's still getting volume and he's still in a high powered offense. I think that you know, and he is one of those guys. He's not like a Tyree Kill because he doesn't have that speed, and there isn't you know there aren't really many Tyree Kills running about, but he is very shifty. He's he can create with the ball in his hands. He can create yak. Um, he has those elements to his game that, you know, I think Andy Reid's going to have a field day planning up fun ways to use Sky Moore. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100%. I, anywhere sort of 1 8, 1 9, 1 10, great. Absolutely great. Um, so, yeah, I think we're, we're in agreement there. You know, same sort of thing. Again, I'm trying, you know, I, I'm I'm high on him, but I'm not going to get carried away with him yet, just yet. I need to see a little bit of it before I bump him too insanely high up my rankings. Um, I mean, I do. I'm relatively high. Like, I've got him at wide receiver 29, but I think that's reasonable considering the, the landing spot, the draft capital, and how much I liked him as a prospect. You know, he's just inside my top 30 wide receivers, um, which is what, like a wide receiver three mid to low end wide receiver three. So I don't think that's unreasonable, but that's where I would be with him. I would be happy to sort of... Again, if you're not a contender, if you're like sort of middle of the pack or rebuilding, uh, somebody I'd be quite happy to ship off um, Amari Cooper and get back Sky Moore and maybe even a little bit something on top if you can, or if somebody's excited by him being the wide receiver one in the with the Browns with Deshaun Watson, something like that. Um, you know, I'd be happy to do because I really like Sky Moore as a prospect and I believe in him and I think you're just getting so much, you know, getting an extra what six years or something like that taken off the the, top, the clock there and i think with him landing with the chiefs even if he has like an okay rookie year i don't think it's going to really impact his value much i think people are gonna i mean we've seen that with michael hartman for what three or four years every year you know people start beating the drum again like by like oh this is the year he's had time to you know get get acclimated and all that kind of stuff so i think the same sort of thing will happen i think his value will be pretty insulated i could see sending him amon ross st brown to get back sky more he might be able to get 
something on top of Sky Moore in that, uh, depending on who you're trading with, because of Amon Ra, you know, it's a bit de- de- divisive. Uh, Mike Williams, I would ship for Sky yeah, Moore pretty easily. 100%. I think that's one that you can get done. Uh, Juju yeah. again, that's another name. Oh, you yeah. Know, just on the same team, I think think you can get that one done because the juju another guy that people are excited about so yeah i think we're we're on the same page there and we've covered off obviously the first round we've covered off the second round um so now we're getting into like guys that are a little bit longer shots you know third round is still fine because it's still day two but it's a little bit longer shots and then we're gonna get into the real sort of like just complete dart shows so we probably won't take as much time we'll just kind of rattle through these because i think it's people that you need to be aware of especially if you're in like four round five round rookie drafts you still want to know who do i throw darts at or you know who should i be throwing darts at um so after we had sky Moore at the end of the second round we got another <laughs> bit another bit of a head scratcher here um in the third round and this makes me really sad because it's it's the Chicago Bears who obviously divisional rival. So my Viking side, I'm happy. But in fantasy football, I really like Justin Fields. I'm a big Justin Fields guy, and um, it just makes me sad. I just don't understand what they're doing. I, I understand in the, in the holistic sense that they wanted to beef up their defense. Uh, they got a defensive minded head coach. I get that they did some stuff with the offensive line, which is really good. They needed to do that. But I mean, man, come on. Like I love Darnell Mooney. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Darnell Mooney guy. Um, a truther. You know, I'm 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 co-pilot of the hype train for sure. But he, he guy needs some help. I mean, he's only one man, you know. Um, and they t- they take they wait till the third round and they take Velas Jones Jr. I mean, come on, guys, come on, guys. No offense, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not saying Velas Jones Jr. I'm sure is a good ride receiver, but <sighs> so I had such such high hopes, such high hopes for this draft. Um, and they take Velas Jones Jr. So. A lot of jokes have been made about his age and things like that. I'm not going to make those jokes. It's been done to death. But I mean, because I think he's just he's like a a late you know late declare. He's already like 24. Is he as a as a, a 23, 24, something like that as a as an incoming rookie? He's, he's 25 so, now. Oh, is he 25? Yeah, there you go. So he's already 25. So he's he is an older um, incoming rookie. So people don't like that. You know, they're not interested in that. Um, but obviously, he's coming at the start of the third round into a very weak receiver core so that is intriguing because i like justin fields um he's obviously a speedy guy what, what are your thoughts on him where are you at with him and has, has he bumped up your ranks at all he is him and taekwon thornton are basically the same person to me for all aspects of fantasy there i i think there are field stretchers who got drafted for that role and because they can play on special teams and because they got at least some draft capital i'm willing to take a shot in the fourth round of rookie drafts but that's basically about it for me yeah, I don't really have any sort of like major in-depth analysis. I was not hyped or excited about him at all pre pre-draft and you know obviously he becomes slightly more interesting because of the the shallowness of the depth chart and because it is, you know, early third round draft capital, but yeah, I mean for me it's same sort of situation. I don't actually have any so far and I have a couple more rookie drafts left to go, but I've done a good few rookie drafts already and I don't have any. So, I mean, I'm not going out of my way to accrue um Velas Jones Jr. Uh, shares. I I will say I'd probably be more excited to try and get shares of him than Tyquan Thornton, just because I assume that they'll need to pass more um, in the Chicago offense, and I assume um, that you know I I just think Justin Fields has a nicer deep ball, so there's more of a chance there of him you know stretching the field and things like that. So I'd probably be a little bit more intrigued that. But yeah, I, I don't think we have much more we need to say about him. Um, Next next wide receiver drafted, though, was somebody I actually was really excited to see get day two capital. Jalen Tolbert, a small school guy. We've talked about him before um, pre, you know, in the building the big board series. I think it was me and Nate who ended up talking about him. Nate is a massive 
massive truther. Um, I love Jalen Tolbert. He's even more of a Jalen Tolbert guy than me. Like he was saying he would take him at like 112 in rookie drafts and stuff like that, um, which is pre-draft. He didn't even know. He just said he, he assumed he was going to get day two draft capital. So I know he was excited by that. I wouldn't go that high, but I get it. Like he is such a, a cool dude, um, such a great receiver. I think he has so many elements to his game. And going to the Cowboys offense, I think, I mean, I've heard some people say it's like not a good landing spot. I'm confused by that because I think it's a really good landing spot because they've got rid of Amari Cooper. Gal coming back from a serious injury. They got rid of Cedric Wilson. Um, you know, the Blake Jarman's gone. Uh, Dalton Schultz is fine. Like he's made a lot of his opportunities, but he's not like an elite you know, amazing tight end who's just got like this incredible like athleticism and stuff like that. Like he's just a guy who's making the most of his opportunities and does well. But I think it's a super high powered offense. I mean, they've got like, they've got a lot of opportunity there. I think he has a real chance at coming in and making a name for himself straight away. I think he's a very mature wide receiver in this class. Um, but Wyatt, where are you at? I think you really like Jalen Tolbert as well, I believe. Um, but what are your thoughts on him landing here in the third round with Dallas? Yeah, I love Jalen Tolbert, not as much as uh, Nate, apparently, but I, I am a big fan of Jalen Tolbert. Uh, he's good size, good speed, or like good athleticism. I think he does everything pretty well. He's got a really good production profile. Like The only thing to dislike is that he went to a small school, and he's not an early declare. But that's pretty much baked into him being a third-round pick in the NFL draft. So I you know, take that away, and now you're left with this player who I think is really good and is really productive. And I would happily take him in the middle of the second round of your rookie drafts. Uh, I'm taking him over Wondell Robinson. Uh, I'm taking him over Alec Pierce. I'm taking him over uh, like some the running backs that are getting drafted in the area. I, I really like Jalen Tolbert. And if someone thinks the landing spot is bad, like I don't know what to tell those people because I just think they're so wrong. Um, I looked at I was actually looking this up today. The Cowboys ran uh, 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers on the field at a time, 60% of the time for their offense. So we know that uh, Michael Gallup is hurt, and he may or may not be ready for the beginning of the season. His only real competition is James Washington, who never really panned out in Pittsburgh, who's known for producing wide receivers. Assuming he beats out uh, Washington, James Washington, which I, I think is likely to happen, He's probably the starting wide receiver with CD Lamb to enter the season. And even when Michael Gallup gets back, they can all be starting because CD Lamb will likely be moving into the slot in any 11 personnel situations. So, like, and then he's got Dak Prescott. Like, what's not to like about the landing spot? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I, and that's the thing is like, I, I really like Gallup. So I'm not throwing shade at Gallup, but like, I, I think I prefer Jalen Tolbert as a prospect to Michael Gallup as a prospect. Now, obviously I'm not saying that because we haven't seen him do it yet. And you can't say that until you've seen, you can't say you prefer them as a players or whatever, because you haven't, we haven't seen him do it in the NFL yet, but as a prospect, just evaluating him and looking at him as a prospect, I would prefer Jalen Tolbert to Michael Gallup. So It'll be really fascinating to see how it plays out, but I think there's definitely opportunity there, um, and I'm excited to see what happens. So I'm with you 100%. In the middle of the second round, I would definitely be taking him, um, and I think you can still get him. I think people, for some reason, just I think because he wasn't on a lot of people's radars, just they're just not excited by it. They're not hyped by it. I think they're automatically locking Gallup into the wide receiver two role, and so they're saying, well, he's wide receiver three at best. Um, you know, But even if he was, that would still be what Gallup was last year, which was still useful at fantasy when he wasn't 
injured. So we'll move on then. So Gad is really divisive. And selfishly, I was a little bit sad to see him sneak in and get the third round draft capital because I just am not a fan and I wanted even more reasons to like not be a fan uh, is David Bell. So I know a lot of people were really high on him. Um, early days, I know a lot of analytical people were like, dude, he's like a first round pick. Like he's going to be amazing. And you know, blah, 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 blah. I think that cooled and a lot of people calmed down on all that, but it got to the stage where I think we maybe gone too far where people were like, Oh, he's gonna be like a fifth or sixth round pick or something like that. That didn't happen, but he, he did go fairly. I mean, he just snuck into the third round pick 99 goes to the Browns. So again, he lands in a really nice spot in my opinion, where there's not a lot of competition. Um, they don't have a lot of solid wide receiver options there. They traded for Amari Cooper, um, but they brought Deshaun Watson in and forget Deshaun Watson as a person who I think is seems like a bit of a scumbag now. Um, but you know, forget all that. As a football player, he's a great football player. He's an amazing football player. So if he's going to be able to play, um, you probably do want to, you know, be interested in receivers that are going to be attached to him. That's my thought on it. Wyatt, where are you at? I think you were quite high on David Bell, were you not? Yeah, I like David Bell a lot. I think it's important to remember, as you pointed out, that before he tested at the combine, he was a very well thought of prospect because his production profile is so good and basically rivals anybody else in the class. I think he matches up really well with the person I, he's basically uh, replacing in Cleveland, and that's Jarvis Landry. And that really productive, but not quite athletically where you want him, probably going to play out of the slot. Makes it like, I think that it's just like connecting the dots there is really easy for me. I, th- I think he's still going to be productive in the NFL. I just think you also have to understand what the, his production profile is probably going to look like because he's not the athlete that you would hope he is. And uh, he may not have like wide receiver one um, potential, but I think he has every ability to be a solid wide receiver two in fantasy. Uh, maybe not this year, but I do think he steps right in as a starting slot receiver for, for the Browns. And that's, that's a pretty good place to be at this point. And I would happily take David Bell over Christian Watson. That is that is bait. I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not gonna this could become a very long, very angry podcast. I'm not doing that. Um, I had to throw that out there. I know that is that is bait, sir. I <laughs> I'm triggered. I, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna that is just whew. Should I take it from here? Do you want me to take over <laughs> while you get back to where you were? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. One of my biggest sort of mantras in life, really, honestly, um, but in fantasy football is stay, you know, be water. And so you have to change. You have to, when you present it with new information, I was not high on David Bell. I'm still not high on him, but I'm certainly more interested in him now that he has um, day two draft capital, now that he is in a really advantageous spot. And I agree that he could very easily step into that Jarvis Landry role, which you know, could be a very, um, very useful role for fantasy. So, hundred percent, I'm I'm comfortable taking a shot on him on in the second round. Um, I, I'm not taking him in the first round, but I hundred percent get it, and I get that like he could very well be one of the more productive wide receivers in the class. I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't like what I saw. <laughs> what I saw when I watched the film wasn't for me. It wasn't my cup of tea. But hey, we're all allowed to be wrong once in a while. 
I'm wrong maybe about David Bell. You're clearly wrong about Christian Watson. Um, it happens, you know, it happens to the best of us. Um, but we'll move on then to a guy who I still think is going really under the radar and is a definite sleeper, even though he managed to get into round three, which is Danny Gray. I think a lot of people didn't even know who he was coming into the draft process, but especially even coming up into the draft. I came on to him quite late. Um, I was really like, as I was going through, I think he was one of the last wide receivers that I really sort of got into and watched enough film on to have an actual rookie score on, but I really liked what I saw. So I had him firmly in that sort of like sleeper guys that I'm willing to throw darts on pre-draft. I think he came in as, let me just check here. He would have been... Yeah, he actually was right behind David Bell for me um, in my pre-draft ranking. So he's like wide receiver 18, I think 17 or 18, something like that. Um, somebody that and it was it was interesting because I liked him and I kind of put him in that pre-draft thing. Like I'm going to take a dart throw on this guy if he gets any sort of draft capital anywhere interesting. Um, and I liked what I saw. And then I, th I think it was Dean Brugler I saw come out with like a quote right before the draft, like the week before the draft. And he said, like, if there is a Darnell Mooney in this draft, it'll be Danny Gray. And I was like, oh, I love that because I love Darnell Mooney. So I, and I get what he's saying. He's a speedy guy, um, field stretcher. And he's one of those guys, that, you know, there's some people that like run really fast. And you're like, yeah, I just don't see that on film. But you see his speed show up in the film. You see him stretching the field. So it's like practical athleticism, which is great. Um, and he goes to the 49ers. So he squeaks into day uh, two. He gets in the very end of the third round, pick 105, goes to the 49ers. He brings something to that that receiving room that they don't already have, which is, you could say, is similar to like a Velas Jones situation or a Tyquan Thornton situation. Um, and I get that and I agree with that. I think what makes me a little bit more intrigued by it is I'm assuming Trey Lance takes over and I really like Trey Lance's deep ball. Um, I do think that there's a chance that Debo leaves. He may not, but there's a chance that he does leave. Um, and again, Danny Gray could be an interesting dart throw. And the thing that I really like about him is that at the moment you, you can get him in like the fourth round or like just undrafted. Like I've picked him up off waivers a couple leagues after the draft is over. So I like that you can just get him for, for basically free, put him on your taxi squad and see what happens. He has a great story. I really love his story. Um, go dig into it. Check it out. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes talking about it, but he has a really, really cool story. He's an underdog story. Really like him as a person. And I really hope he does well. Um, are you interested in him in wide or do you have him in that sort of Tyquan Thornton, Velas Jones group where you're not really that intrigued? Yeah. He's another one, you know, like with Velas Jones and Tyquan Thornton. Uh, there's not, not a whole lot there for me. Uh, I think he needs a lot of development and, you know, maybe that comes like you said, uh, he, he could be a, a, a deep sleeper here. It's just, I don't particularly see it very much. And even though Trey Lance could be good for him in the way that he has a good deep ball because of the way that offense works, I just like have a hard time seeing how he finds himself being in a place where he can actually have relevant opportunity and production on a team that is pretty consolidated around just a few people. And those people seem to be sticking around for a bit. I mean, maybe Debo gets out of there, but it looks like that the tides have changed there and Debo's going to be sticking around. It looks like uh, things are fixing their way there. So, yeah, you know, just not that interested. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I hope Debo does stay because obviously he's great there in that offense. Wait till you, after your rookie drafts are over and pick him up off the waivers, throw him on the taxi and just see if something happens. I don't think he's somebody, I certainly am not encouraging anyone to take him in like the second round of your rookie drafts or anything like that. I don't think that the volume is there. So I'm not like, oh yeah, he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver. I just think he's somebody that you could definitely get in the fourth round or off of waivers. And then you could potentially, even if there's just like hype on him mid season or he has like a blow up game, you could potentially flip him for, for some profit, which is obviously amazing. That's what you want 
want to do. So that kind of wraps up our day two um, receivers there. And so then we're just going to quickly skim through and just a couple touch guys, uh, touch on a couple of guys that may be relevant. But I think in general, a lot of people tend to think that, you know, just historically speaking, day three wide receivers, very low hit rates. It's really hard to, you know, plan on these guys being studs. Um, You know, a couple of guys here, somebody that was interesting first kind of guy wide receiver taken on day three round four pick 125 um eric azukama went to the dolphins now he was a guy i was kind of interested in kind of had on my radar but because of him landing with the dolphins um and because they already have tyree kill now and they already have Jalen waddle and they already have gesicki um and you know it's just it's too much there's too much going on there so i'm really not interested in him anymore unfortunately somebody else though that did come up in the fourth round that is actually really interesting is romeo dubs so we've already talked about in depth with christian watson about the packers wide receiver room and how empty it is but pick 132 in the fourth round they grab romeo dubs who was very productive um in nevada with carson strong a deep ball specialist so you know to me he's more the like MVS replacement. He doesn't have the same speed necessarily. He's pretty good with his long speed. He's not very bursty, um, but he was a very good deep threat. So I'm wondering if he's kind of the guy that comes in and helps just like kind of stretch the field a little bit, things like that. I wasn't sure on him. I, I liked some things I saw about him. I didn't like other things I saw about him, but with the landing spot and things like that, and with the narrow, you know, the thin depth chart, he's somebody that I'm willing to throw a dart at. But again, I'm not reaching on, especially with only getting fourth round draft capital. What are your thoughts on him? Are you more interested in him, less interested in him. Yeah, I'm only interested in him because of landing spot and that depth chart there in Green Bay. Because as a player, I think you you kind of nailed it. He's probably limited, and he doesn't really have the speed as a traditional downfield threat, even though that's kind of what he does. So I'm afraid uh, he's going to be a wide receiver who doesn't really separate going down the field, and he's never really open. And you know, yeah, you know, I mean, he's got he he actually produced, which is nice, but. I have a hard time seeing it translate to the NFL. For me, it's just a dart throw. I'm happy to take that dart throw like in the fourth round if I have like a couple of fourth round picks and I'm just looking around and seeing what there is. But I personally don't have like really high hopes for him because even again, if we think of MVS, it was always like there was like two games a year that you were like, oh, yes, MVS. But he was always like on your bench if you had him anyways because you were never starting him. So another guy then that I was actually, I I liked a lot pre-draft, but now kind of is like, in a very crowded situation is Calvin Austin the third. I'm happy that he got drafted in the fourth round because with his size, we talked about was kind of undersized receivers and how they're kind of like anomalies um, and, and in the NFL. I sort of wondered if he would even get drafted uh, at least highly. I thought maybe he might be like a sixth round pick or something like that. But with his special teams ability and things like that, I, I definitely figured he would get drafted somewhere. But he goes to the Steelers, so that uh, is a great landing spot like we've talked about. But the fact that he only got taken in the fourth round, they've already taken another rookie like we talked about with George Pickens. They've already got Deontay Johnson. They've got Chase Claypool, um, plus Firemuth, plus blah, 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 blah. It's sad because it kind of makes him not relevant. But like, I'm only really kind of interested in him in really, really deeper leagues or in, again, leagues maybe where you got like a five-round rookie draft or something really deep. So like with Wondell Robinson, the reason why it was, okay, this is – at least I'm willing to take a risk on someone who has to be an outlier is because he got the draft capital. But when you go in the fourth round, it's not high enough draft capital for me to want to even think if you could be an outlier. Like at that point, I'm just not interested because it's an outlier on top of an outlier now, basically. So it's not for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's sad. Um, So that kind of rounded out 
the fourth round. So the last two guys we're going to talk about here, and it's really funny because they're fifth round wide receivers, which we shouldn't really be excited about, but I feel like we're kind of excited about them. Um, and I'm actually more excited about them than I'm probably any of the fourth round guys. <laughs> so first and foremost, it was actually one of the biggest heartbreaks of the draft for me personally, because um, Khalil Shakir, the Boise state badass guy who I've been pounding the table for all, all pre-draft process. I actually had as like, I think wide receiver 10, maybe something like that, like quite high 10 or 11, something like that early second round rookie draft grade for him. For me personally, pre-draft falls all the way to the fifth round. I don't understand it. I really don't have any answers. And the thing is, I'm not, well, I'm not completely crazy or I am, but not because of this. Um, but I've heard like even just guys that I really respect say the same things. Like even I think Daniel Jeremiah, I think I heard say something about it. Like he's not really sure why he doesn't have any clear answers. It's not like, you know, sometimes after the draft you hear, oh, well, it's because of this uh, injury thing or, oh, well, it was because of a character issue and he fell down the draft. But I don't know. It's weird. So he goes all the way to the fifth round, pick 148. He does go to the Bills, which is a great landing spot. I'm really intrigued by that landing spot. Um, obviously, a lot of the shine got taken off, off of him by becoming a fifth round draft pick. And I have I have knocked him down a little bit down my draft board. Jalen Tolbert is now like comfortably ahead of him. Um, you know, John Mechie's comfortably ahead of him, things like that. But I've not completely like written him off or anything. I'm still really excited to get him, and especially because you knew you now can get him in like the third rounds of your rookie drafts pretty easily. Um, but I'm still intrigued by him, and I still think he has a pathway to relevance, especially with Beasley out of town. And, um, you know, with Crowder coming in on like a one year deal, I think he could he could very easily become the slot guy in in Buffalo, which we've seen be really productive with Beasley. Um, so wh what are your thoughts on him? Uh, are you kind of more out on him or are you more in on him or were you kind of the same as me with with the way things shook out in the NFL draft? Yeah, I like Khalil Shakir. I think you I think you nailed it. I was surprised he lasted to the fifth round. I, I li really like him as a player. I, I mean, he's obviously a little bit limited. Uh as a as a receiver in the way that he needs a lot of refinement in uh as an actual wide receiver i think he's uh best suited as someone that you just get the ball into his hands and let him do his thing because he's really good with the ball in his hands and but i mean that's exactly what i would think he's going to be doing for the bills like you said i mean imagine he steps into being the slot receiver next year after jameson crowder gets out i mean maybe it's possible he gets some playing time this year too but as just being that little safety outlet for Josh Allen in the short and intermediate, which he obviously values because that's how Cole Beasley like made a living the last couple of years. I mean, I think that's something to get excited about. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Last guy. Then we're going to talk about here. Just the last guy that was kind of drafted that I think could have fantasy relevance as a wide receiver is Kyle Phillips. So Kyle Phillips is an interesting guy. We talked, I talked about him in the pre-draft process and I said, He's like a poor man's Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, he could be really relevant someday. I think he's got a lot of stuff. I didn't think he was as good as Hunter Renfro as route running. I didn't think he was, had as solid of hands as Hunter Renfro in college, but he was very productive um, at UCLA. And even though he lasted till the fifth round, which isn't great, it's not great draft capital, similar to some of the other guys we've talked about, he lands in a really interesting situation. He goes to the Titans. So pick 163, he lands with the Titans. We've already talked about AJ Brown is out of town. You know, A.J. Brown, who is the man, is gone. Julio didn't work out. He's gone. Their depth chart last year was abysmal anyway. They needed help. They couldn't get any wide receivers. Like, I think it was what Nick Westbrook Akeen was like their best wide receiver last year for like chunks of the year. So now they're in a situation where they need wide receiver help. They've got rookies that they're counting on basically. I mean, they've got Robert Woods coming back off of a serious injury who Robert Woods is a stud. Like, I'm sure he's going to do stuff. He's going to be good. But they've got Traylon Burks as a rookie. 
You don't know how much you can expect out of him. Yeah, we're hoping for a lot, I'm sure, um, but you don't know. And then you've got what other than that? So you've got Robert Woods coming back from a serious injury, and now you've got Kyle Phillips in there as a slot. Um, you've got Chigazim Okonkwa um, at tight end that they've brought in. They've got a couple of guys, but they need help. They need help on on in the receiving room. So there's opportunity, and there's already been a little bit of hype in like rookie camp and stuff like that for his footwork and his and his hands and things like that. And he's always struck me as like a real blue collar, just hard working guy. So I think he's going to fit right in at the Titans. I'm excited by this landing spot, even though it's fifth round. I think he's really awesome, like fourth round, like darter to pick up. And I think he could continue to rise possibly could become a third round pick. You know, people seem to be starting to get hyped on him. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Wyatt? I'm curious to hear, I don't think we've ever talked about Kyle Phillips. What are your thoughts on him? I'm a little bit intrigued because as you said, on that, on that team, on the Titans, there's definitely an opportunity for him to step in and be like the starting slot receiver for them. And he is really shifty, really agile. And I, I feel like he is one of those players that, he is going to have way more targets than anybody thinks he should just because he's going to get open underneath for for uh, Ryan Tannehill. And he's, you know, he's just going to be, get these short dump offs and he's going to be one of those guys like he's going to end up having 50 receptions. Or we're going to be like, wait a minute, he had 50 receptions. How did that happen? You know, just because he's just going to get open. But I also think that his ceiling is incredibly low. So I, I'm, I'm not even currently drafting him in rookie draft right now, but he's someone I want to pick up after the rookie draft if he goes undrafted yeah no i get that i I think for me i'm happy to take him in the fourth round because you're it's fourth round i mean there's just like you're just throwing darts anyways at that stage um but i do think like you said i think there's like almost like an insulated value there because of his landing spot because of the the fact that they need help um i think he will get targets i think he'll be viable as like a flex play at times maybe even his rookie year um but yeah i think you're right there's not like i don't see him ever being like a wide receiver one or even necessarily a wide receiver two even um i think he could he could be one of those guys who's just like a really solid like wide receiver three he flex play you know going on down the line and if you can get that in the fourth round that's that's pretty cool so guys Really appreciate you sticking with us. Obviously, we talked through a lot of dudes there, but we wanted to kind of get our thoughts and um, get our thoughts in there after the draft, kind of where we've come down on guys, if we're come you know up on them or down on them and our rankings, how we feel about them. Uh, and it's always obviously a pleasure to chop it up with Wyatt. He is a great guy, one of the best in the biz. If you don't already, make sure and follow him at Wyattb underscore ff on Twitter. Check out his work at JWB Fantasy. Check out his work over at DLF. I mean, he is the man, the myth, the legend, uh, a beard as glorious as Zeus. And that is uh, an understatement if I've ever made one. So Wyatt, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you want to shout out or plug or or mention here before we go? I just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, getting to chat with you is always a blast. I, I always have a lot of fun. And as I've said before, I especially love it because I respect your analysis and you have a different analysis than me a lot of the times and a different process. So I like to go back and forth with you because I feel better after talking to you. I always feel smarter, like talking Jameson Williams, talking Christian Watson, even though I'm lower on them than you, than you, you know, like you make me want to like them more. And I think that's a sign of a, a good analyst. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's very, very kind. And I did not bribe him in any way. I just want to put that on the record. Um, did not bribe him to, to say those kind words. But no, I, it's an awesome uh, awesome time whenever we get a chance to chat. Um, love catching up with you and really enjoy your work. And like I said, really, really sharp guy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Check out his work. Check out his podcast. And uh, guys, 
Thank you so much for sticking with us. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you learned something. And if you have any thoughts, any concerns, any questions, anything like that, again, you can reach out to either of us on Twitter, questions at dynastydebates at gmail.com. And lastly, before we go, guys, if you're enjoying the show, quick favor, 30, 45 seconds of your life. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot going on. Go to your favorite podcast listening platform. Drop a rating and a review. Really helps the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's all I'll say. I'll say no more. And appreciate you guys. Thanks again to everyone for listening, subscribing, sticking with us. Speak to you again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven I forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate